0: In chapter 34, Pythagoras had said that philosophers are the causes of our living well and becoming wise. So, if that's true, we could live well from studying philosophy. Then we should read on to chapter 35 in Iambicus's Life of Pythagoras, translated by Thomas Taylor. Therefore there were, however, certain persons uh-huh, persons who were hostile to these men and rose against them. That stratagems therefore were employed to destroy them during the absence of Pythagoras Pythagoras is universally acknowledged, but those that have written on this subject differ in their account of the journey which he then undertook. For some say he went to Freferesides the Syrian, but others to Metapontum. Many causes, however, the stratagems are enumerated, and one of them, which is said to have originated from the man called Silonians, was as follows. Cylon the Crotonian, held the first place among the citizens for birth, renowned and wealth, but otherwise he was a s- severe, violent, and turbulent man and of tyrannical manners. Hmm. He had, however, the greatest desire of being made a partaker of the Pythagoric life and having applied himself to Pythagoras, who was now an elderly man, for this purpose was re. For this purpose was rejected by him on account of the above-mentioned causes. Mm -hmm. But he's rejected. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. In consequence of this, therefore, he and his friends exercised violent hostilities against Pythagoras and his disciples. So vehement, likewise and immoderate, uh, was the ambition of Cylon and those who arranged themselves on his his side and it extended itself to the very last, to the Pythagoreans. Pythagoras, therefore, for this cause, went to Metapontum, and there is said to have terminated his life. Hmm. But those who were called the Silonians continued to form stratagems against the Pythagoreans and to exhibit indications of all possible malvolence. Nevertheless, for a certain time, the probity of the Pythagoreans subdued this enmity and also the decision of the cities themselves, so that they were willing that their political concerns should be managed by the Pythagoreans alone. At length, however, the Salonians became so hostile to the men, that is, to the Pythagoreans, that setting fire to the house of Milo, in which the Pythagoreans, Pythagoreans were seated and were consulting like about warlike concerns. They built, burnt all the men except two, Arcapus and Lysus, for these being in perfect vigor and most robust, escaped out of the house. But this taking place, and no mention being made by the multitude of the calamity which had happened, the Pythagoreans ceased to pay any further attention to the affairs of government. This, however, happened through two causes, through the negligence of the cities. They were not at all affected by so great a calamity taking place through the loss of those men who were most qualified to govern, but of the two Pythagoreans that were saved, and both of whom were Tarentians and Archippus, indeed returned to Tarentum. But Lysis, hating the negligence of the cities, went into Greece and dwelt in the Ache,ia of Peloponnesus. Afterwards, he migrated to Thebes, so, being being stimulated by a certain ardent desire of retreating thither, and there he had for his auditor Epamin. Nandas, who called Isis his father. There also Isis terminated his life. But the rest of the Pythagoreans, except Archytas of Taranton, departed from Italy, being collected together in Rhygium. There dwelt with each other the most celebrated of them. However, was were Fan, Fanto E Chacretis, Poimnatus, and Diocles, who were Phoecians and Xenophilus, Chalcedonus of Thrace. But, in the course of time when the administration of public affairs proceeded into a worse condition, these Pythagoreans, likewise, nevertheless preserved their pristine manners and disciplines for the sect began, though the sect began to fail till it's gener- it generously perished. Uh, these things, therefore, are narrated by Aristos Zen- and. Nicomachus, N i c o m a c h u s. However, in the other respect, uh, respects, accords with Aristoxenus, A r i s t o x e n u s. But as to the journey of Pythagoras, he says that this stratagem took place while Pythagoras was at Delos, for he went there in order to give assistance to his preceptor. Pharinchades, the Syrian, who was then afflicted with the Mobus Petacuris, and when he died performed the necessary funeral rites. Then therefore those who had been rejected by the Pythagoreans and to whom monuments had been raised as if they were dead, attacked them and committed all of them to the flames. Afterwards, they were overwhelmed by the Italians with stones and thrown out of the house unburied. At that time, therefore, it happened that science failed together with those who possessed scientific knowledge. This is when science failed, huh? Because till that time period it was preserved by them in their breast as uh, something arcane and ineffable. But such things only as were difficult to be understood, which were not unfolded, were preserved in the memory of those who did not belong to the Patharean sect, a few things excepted, which certain Pathagorians, who happened at that time to be in foreign lands, uh, preserved as certain sparks of science, very obscure and of difficult investigation. These also, being left by themselves and not moderately rejected by the calamity, were scattered in different places and no longer endured to have been communion with the rest of mankind. But they lived alone in solitary places wherever they happened to meet with them. And each greatly preferred an association with himself to that with any other person. Fearing, however, lest the name of philosophy should be entirely extinguished, exterminated from mankind, that they should on this account incur the indignation of the gods by suffering so great a gift of theirs to perish. They made an arrangement of certain commentaries and symbols, and likewise collected together the writings of the more ancient Pythagoreans, and of such things as they remembered. These uh, each left at his death to his son or daughter or wife, with a strict injunction not to give them to anyone out of the family. This mandate, therefore, was for a long time observed and was transmitted in succession to their posterity. Since, however, Apollonius dissents in a certain place respecting these particulars and adds many things which we have not mentioned, we shall also insert his narration of the stratagem employed against the Pythagoreans. Now, this is an Apollonius didn't say, which one? A-P-O-L-L-O-N-I-U-S, Apollonius. Hmm. Of course, Apollonius is before come, before Iambicus. He says, therefore, that the envy of others is... I am, because it's after Apollonius. No, but He's writing the history. He says, therefore, that the envy of others uh, attended Pythagoras from his childhood, for as long as he conversed with all that came to him, he was pleasing to them. But when he associated with his... This is what Apollonius says... Let me read it again. Since, however, Apollonius dissents in a certain place respecting these particulars and adds many things which we have not mentioned, we all shall also insert. He's inserting the history from Apollonius. Also, insert his narration of the stratagem employed against the Pythagoreans, as Apollonius' uh, view of history. He, Apollonius says, he says, therefore, that the envy of others attended Pethagoras from his childhood, for as long as he conversed with all that came to him, he was pleasing to them. But when he associated with his disciples alone, the favorable opinion which the multitude entertained of him was diminished. When he showed favoritism towards his select group. <laughs> And they permitted him, indeed, to pay more attention to strangers than to themselves, but they were indignant at his preferring some of their fellow citizens before others, and they apprehended that his disciples assembled together with intentions hostile to them. In the next place, as the young men that were indignant with him were of high rank, and surpassed others in wealth, in which they arrived at, at a proper age, not only held the first honours in their own families but also managed the affairs of the city in common and they formed a large body of men for they were more than three hundred in number and in consequence of this there was but a small part of the city which was not conversant with the same manners and the same pursuits as they were Moreover, as long as the Crotonians continued in their own country, and Pythagoras dwelt with them, that form of government remained which had been established when the city was founded, but which was not pleasing to the people, and therefore induced them to seek an occasion of producing a change. When, therefore, Sibaris was captured, and the land taken in the war was not divided by lot, according to the desire of the multitude, their silent hatred of the Pythagoreans, burst forth, and the populace separated themselves from them. But the leaders of this dissension were those that were most near to the Pythagoreans, both by alliance and familiarity. The cause, however, of the discord was this, that many of the actions of the Pythagoreans offended these leaders as well as casual persons because these affairs had something peculiar in them when compared with those of others. But in the greatest of these actions they conceived that disgrace befell themselves alone. Farther still, no one of the Pythagoreans called Pythagoras by his name, but while he was alive when they wished to denote him they called him divine. They just called him divine. I think a word like divine originates there? So he's not Pythagoras at all. He's just divine. Divine. And divine, after his death, they denoted him that man. So he is really just that that divine man. Or that man divine. just as Homer represents Emeus when he makes mention of Ulysses, saying, "He, Him whom he's absent, yet I fear, O oh guest, to name, such is the greatness of my love and care. Conformably, likewise, to the precepts of the master, the Pythagoreans always rose from bed, before the rising sun it's interesting i underlined this back when i would have read it when i'm like 20 years old uh, 21 maybe i underlined that it should rise before rise from bed before the rising sun for meditation of course Uh It says, conformably, likewise, to the precepts of their master, the Pythagoreans always rose from bed before the rising sun and never wore a ring, in which (coughs) the image of God was engraved. (coughs) (coughs) They also carefully observed to adore the rising sun, you think we should like sit and adore the rising sun, like sit on the beach and before sunrise and watch it come up? Uh-huh. I could do that every morning uh, when we go to Cape Cod. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And avoid wearing a ring of the above mentioned description, at least they should have it uh, about them at funerals or in some impure place. <laughs> He doesn't want you to wear an image of God around. In a similar manner, they were attentive to the mandate of Pythagoras not to do anything without previous deliberation and disquisition, but to form a plan in the morning of what ought to be done in the course of the day, and at night to call to mind the actions of the day. You think we should... At night, call to mind the actions of the day in our diary. Uh-huh. Uh, do you ever write in your journal or diary about to call to mind the actions of the day? Mm-hmm. And you can form a plan in the morning of what you ought to be done. <laughs> but our theory is that you can only accomplish like one thing. Uh-huh. Maybe that's too few things. My monotheistic theory of only, hardly only one thing can be done in a day. That's pretty, pretty low. But uh, by this means, <clears> had <throat> at, at one and the same time exploring the conduct and uh, and exercising the memory. <clears throat> Thus, too, they observed the precept that if any one of their associates appointed to meet them at a certain place, they should stay there until he came. Throughout the day and night and in this again, the Pythagoreans being accustomed to remember what was said and not to speak casually. In short, Pythagoras ordered them to be attentive to order and method as long as they lived. And not to blaspheme at the time of death. But to die with pres- bi- propitious words, such as are used by those who are sailing out of port into the Adriatic Sea, mm. <clears throat> sounds very much. Uh, mm. The kindred of the Pythagorean Pythagoreans, Pythagorean, Pythagorean however, were indignant at the. Pa- Patheregrines gave their right hand to those of their own sect alone. <clears throat> their parents accepted, and that they shared their possessions with each other in common, but excluded their relations from this fellowship as if they were strangers. You think that alienating your brothers and sisters may uh, make them jealous if you give your money to your members of the sect? Uh, these, therefore, becoming the sources of the dissension. The rest readily fell into hostility against the Pythagoreans. Hippasus also, Diodorus, and Theogis said at the same time that every citizen ought to be a partaker of the magistracy and the Assembly, and that their rulers should give an account of their conduct to those who were elected by lot for this purpose from the multitude. But the Pythagoreans, Alcimachus and Demachus and Menton and Damocides opposed this and persevered in prohibiting the dissolution of the polity derived from their ancestors. Those, however, who patronized the multitude subdued the other party, the multitude therefore being assembled together, Cylon and Ninon, Ninon, who were rhetoricians, accused the Pythagoreans. And of these one belonged to the class of the rich, but the other was a plebeian. They also divided their harangues, Uh Uh, between themselves. Uh, Harang. But but of these harangues, Harangus, uh, uh, the longer being delivered by Silan, Ninon concluded pretending that he had explored the arcana of the Pythagoreans and that he had connected and committed to writing such particulars as were especially calculated to criminate the Pythagoreans, and giving a book to a scribe, he ordered them to read it, but the book was inscribed, uh, the sacred discourse, and the following is a specimen of what it contained. Friends are to be venerated in the same manner as the gods, but others are to be treated as brutes. This very sentence also is ascribed to Pythagoras by his disciples and is by them expressed in a verse as follows. He, like the blessed gods, his friends revered, but reckoned other men of no account. Hmm. You think that anchored them, dear? Hmm. Homer, too, especially deserves to be praised for calling a king the shepherd of the people. For being a friend to that government in which the rulers are few, he evinced by his epitaph that the rust of men our cattle, hmm. I guess if you start an elite cult, uh, some people will get angry and be jealous. <laughs> right? You exclude them and say that they're of no account. Men of no account, And they're just cattle, so they get angry. To Beans, it is requisite to be hostile as being the leaders of decision by act. For by these men were allotted the administration of affairs. Again, empire should be the object of desire. For they proclaim that it is better to be one day a bull than to be an ox forever. I want to be... It is better to be a bull, one day a bull, than to be an ox forever. Hmm. Think that's true, or is that their saying? That the legal institutes of others are letable, but that they should be exhorted to use those which are known to themselves. In one word, ninon. N-I-N-O-N showed that their philosophy was a conspiracy against the multitude and therefore exhorted them not to hear the counselors but to consider that they would never have been admitted into the assembly. If the council of the Pythagoreans had been approved by the session of a thousand men so that it was not fit to suffer those to speak who prevented to the utmost of their power others from being heard. He observed, therefore, that they should consider the right hand, which was rejected by the Pythagoreans as hostile to them when they gave their suffrages by an extension of the hands and calculated the number of the votes. Seems I can't talk, I have to have a, a cup of tea. Hmm. What? I can't talk. I got a frog. The frog I got loose. In room. <clears throat> hmm. that they should also consider it to be a disgraceful circumstance that they were conquered. They who had conquered thirty myriads of men at the river Trasses should be vanquished by a thousandth part of the same number through sedition in the city itself. In short, Ninon so exasperated his hearers by his column that in a few days after a great multitude assembled together intending to attack the Pythagoreans as they were sacrificing to the Muses in a house near to the Temple of Apollo. The Pythagoreans, however, foreseeing that this would take place, fled to an inn. But Demosides, with those who had arrived at puberty, withdrew to Plataea. And those that had dissolved the laws made a degree, degree, in which they accused Demosides of compelling the younger part of the community to the possession of empire. And complained, proclaimed by a crier that thirty talents should be given to anyone who destroyed him. An engagement also taking place and the Agas having vanquished Demosides in that contest. They distributed to him the thirty talents which the city had promised. But as the city and the whole region was involved in many evils, the exiles were brought to judgment and the power of decision being given to three cities vis-a-vis to the Tarentines, and the metapontines and the Colonians. Those that were sent by them to determine the cause were corrupted by money as we learn from the Chronicles of the Cretonians. Whence the Cretonians condemned by their own decision those that were accused to exile. In consequence too, of this decision and the authority which it conferred on them, they expelled all those from the city who were dissatisfied with the existing state of affairs, and at the same time banished all their families, asserting that it was not fit to be impious, and that Children ought not to be divulged, divorced, divorced uh, from their parents. And they likewise abolished loans and made the land to be undivided. Hmm. <clears throat> the land undivided means they may have just acquired it. Hmm. Many years after this, when Dinarchus and his associates were slain in another battle, and Lytagus also was dead, who had been the greatest leader of the seditious, a certain piety and repentance induced the citizens <clears throat> to recall those Pythagoreans that were left from exile. For this purpose they sent ambassadors to Akkadkaya and through them became amicable with the exiles and consecrated their oaths at Delphi. But the Pythagoreans who returned from exile were about sixty in number, except those who were of a more advanced age, among which were some who applied themselves to medicine and restored health to those who were sick by a certain diet so you could restore your health by a certain diet. Of which the method of cure they were themselves the authors. It happened, however, that those Pythagoreans who were saved and who were particularly celebrated by the multitude at that time in which it was said to be the lawless. Uh-huh. This is not the condition of things which was under Ninon. These same Pythagoreans, having left the city in order to procure assistance against the Thrurians, who invaded the country, per- perished in battle, mutually defending each other. But the city was so changed into a contrary opinion of the Pythagoreans that besides the praise, which it bestowed on them, it apprehended that it would gratify the Muses in a still greater degree if it performed a public sacrifice in the temple of the Muses, which at the request of the Pythagoreans they had before constructed in honor of those goddesses. Um, Don't understand that. And thus much concerning the attack which was made on the Pythagoreans. Uh, not real clear what happened. Uh-huh. They had an attack. It was a uh, chapter... Chapter 35? We read chapter 35. Um, about the men of no account um, attacked the Pythagoreans. Uh, um, Who felt it was better to one day be a bull than to an ox forever. Mm -hmm. These men were like cattle. Mm -hmm. Don't understand. Did you understand the reading? (laughs) They destroyed them because they didn't like them. They didn't like them because they separated themselves out. They were (laughs) Because They didn't accept them. They didn't accept them. We're reading in chapter 35 of Iambicus's Life of Pythagoras. Uh-huh. My, my my suggestion is retreating thither. They re- some of them retreated thither when science failed. So we're talking about the failure of science, and we have an account from Apollonius. You know, it has to be Apollonius of Tyana, probably. And we have to now re-read re- all of Apollonius, or that's already on uh, Librivox or something. Mm-hmm. So, we have to, I don't know, do what, refer you to Librivox. No, so. no, you have to read Pythagoras in this book. <laughs> no, I said a, a Pythagoras, a, I mean Apollonius. How did Pythagoras die? die? How did he die? Exactly, yeah. Uh, maybe it'll be addressed more, here. Yeah. Now we can just call him Divine or that man. Because he, it seems he died before they destroyed the school system. You're asking how did that man die? Or how did, die? How did Divine die? He was called Divine as well as that man. How did he That die? man, Divine. <laughs> How did he die? There's something here about he did away with himself, something here, but I don't know what that is. We also learned that Pythagoreans always rose from bed before the rising of the sun, and at night they kept, at night, to call to mind the actions of the day in their diary. Well, we at least learned how to get up and meditate and keep your diary. That's mainly what we learned. The rest was incidental. Mm-hmm. Uh we're going to stop because we just read the uh, chapter 35 what else did we learn something about to get all those names you should just look up the book uh, seems the book is online I would think hmm. it's probably public domain book must so old. It's at least uh, it's two hundred years old. Isn't this well not not uh, Iambicus's book? is Iambicus's book is, uh, but Thomas Taylor's book is what we're reading, which is a translation, right? When was it published? Uh-huh. So I actually Iambicus, Iambicus is he's a a Chalos Dennis from Chal Chalcis who's from and His dates are A.D. two forty five to three twenty five. Do you know he's Syrian? And He may even be Arab. And he's yeah, Greeks from those places, David. his name is Greek. Alright, he could be a Greek and a Arab in the Arab and Syria. And he studied we don't know for sure. He studied under Fofari, and he's who's a pupil of Plotinus. Wait, he studied Okay, so Plotinus, Fofari is a student of Plotinus, and uh and I am because he's a student of Fofari, So they are all uh, neo they major Neoplatonolism. They're really, of course, Pythag- Plato is pretty much a Pythagorean, so we have, right? <laughs> you could all look it up because, uh, what's this say here? They have a date on Thomas Taylor. Oh uh, they have Pathagoric iambicus. Uh-huh. Uh it says here this book, okay. This book, which is actually from Inner Traditions, is eight nineteen eighty-six. But then it's reprinted from the edition of eighteen eighteen. Yeah. All right, so eighteen eighteen makes this book two hundred years old. Uh-huh. Makes Thomas Taylor's translation, uh two hundred years old, uh, 202 a hundred and two years old. Uh-huh. So it, uh, what? The second publication was two hundred years later. Right? Ye- no, not two hundred. It was nineteen eighty-six. Well, I think there's other tra- There has to be other translations. I don't. But there's not that much difference in translations, so. really. It could be. but it could be more analysis. Uh-huh. You could maybe find a, a later critical uh, translation of the life of Pythagoras uh, with the foot, lots of footnotes and the scholar. From a scholar, I don't know. We should look that up. But, but that's what we have. And we like Thomas Taylor because he's a, a real neoplatinist. Uh, Well. That was the end of chapter thirty five.